What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Oh my God! This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Van the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you're gonna pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hit in the face with a Stevie kick. I invite you to deny that this is extreme. Oh! Hard cover. Hard count, and he gets it. Big deal. I've only seen Shawn Michaels do that to about a thousand people. And by the way, speaking of whom, we will have an update on the condition. Don't point your finger at me, Beanpole. Here is your winner, Big Stevie Cool. Big Stevie Cool with the whole blue world order. Not to be confused with the clothing line. NWO. Now, we're not ripoffs. We are the originators. We are the innovators. And Jerry Lawler, the difference between Big Stevie Cool and Shawn Michaels is Stevie Cool has never lost his smile. Yeah. And I Stevie see why cool. little Stevie Cool doesn't get far away from the blue, blue boy up there. Uh, feet. Because the he, can't feet. Es- he can't escape his gravitational pull. How fat is that guy anyway, huh? I don't know. Would you like to go out with him? Yeah, right. Huh. This crowd, ladies and gentlemen, partisan crowd, no doubt about it. They are ready for more action, and we're going to give them plenty. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Subway. Head on over to the Subway location in Keensburg, New Jersey, on Sunday, January 22nd, and meet WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. USA himself, Tony Atlas, only at the Keensburg Subway location. Get on over to Facebook.com, search the Keensburg Subway, and you will get all the information you can about Mr. USA appearing there on Sunday, January 22nd. Of course, there on the Jersey Shore, beautiful Keensburg, New Jersey, and you will be hearing 
from Mr. USA Tony Atlas in a couple of weeks right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And obviously, if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and shortly I'll be joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, we are so incredibly pumped for 2017 to begin and for the next couple string of episodes here that is one power-hitting name after the next, a bona fide cleanup hitter in each spot of the lineup, if you want to use a baseball analogy, as we prepare for a huge launch this year. And we start with Stevie Richards joining the program, completing the BWO trifecta, as I like to call it, as we've had on Blue Meanie, as we've had on Simon Dean, a.k.a. Mike Bucci, a.k.a. Hollywood Nova, and now we get Stevie Richards to join the party and get in on the fun as we look back at the BWO, as we look back at Stevie's career, we look back at Stevie Night Heat, we look back at so many highlights, but we also talk about what Stevie's got going on today, which is amazing in itself as he begins to launch Stevie Richards Fitness, and you'll hear all the information about Stevie Richards Fitness and where you can go to check it out, read some testimonials, and see the amazing things that he's doing from the fitness point of view, because obviously if you look at Stevie Richards, he's in amazing shape. And he's ready to make you look just as amazing as he does. And John, as I welcome you in now, why don't you talk a little bit about Stevie Richards and his career. Talk about some of the connections that he's had to the show, some of the other guests that we've had on. Obviously, one comes to mind when you think about the career of Stevie Richards. But John, tell us a little bit about what we've got to look forward to and just how awesome this was to kick off the calendar year with such a power-hitting episode like Stevie Richards. Yes, Chad, you're right. Kicking off 2017 the right way and with a big-time name. That's right, dancing man himself, the dancing fool, the king of swing, Stevie Richards. Obviously, you know, it was a lot of fun, great episode. You know, when you go into these things, you kind of have, you know, set in your mind what you want to talk about and kind of, you know, where you want to go with certain things. So of course, with Stevie, you know, we got to talk about the BWL, of course. I mean, we, we had a great conversation with Blumini about it. We had a very long, awesome chat with Nova about it. And so now Stevie Richards completes the trifecta, completes the trilogy. We have all BWL members on, which has been pretty, pretty damn good, pretty damn cool. So that was one of the main focuses, of course, because when you talk about Stevie Richards, it's one of the first thing that pops up is the BWL, that legendary time in ECW when BWO was kind of taking over the world, if you will. And it was awesome to get Stevie's opinion on not only the BWO, but of course what the BWO was ripping on or, you know, um, kind of jokingly uh, poking some fun at or, you know, basically imitating. But, you know, as they say, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So what they were kind of doing, what they were imitating was obviously Hall, Nash, Hogan, and the NWO. And, you know, pretty funny because Stevie tells a great story of the time that he was in WCW in 97. Obviously, it was a short run, but he ran into the NWO, and he ran into Nash, and kind of was thinking, you know, what the hell is going to happen here? Uh, you know, are they going to be pissed at me? But in true Hall and Nash style, they thought it was hilarious. They thought it was funny. They enjoyed the BWO. They enjoyed it. So that was really, really cool, and that's a really fun part of the story. And for the part of the interview that we get into with Stevie, I just thought that was real cool. I didn't see that one coming. I wasn't really sure how Hall and Nash, you know, reacted or what they thought of it. So that was a really cool story. And of course, you know, talking about BWO, talking about Stevie, 
you gotta talk about the main man himself, Raven. And we get a ton of great stuff from Stevie on Raven. Not only, you know, their personal relationship, kind of what he taught him in the business, the psychology of everything, uh, taught him how to work, taught him more of the entertainment aspect, taught him many, many different things. It was very cool to hear that Stevie was speaking so highly of Raven, because you never know with a lot of these guys how they're dealing today. Do they like each other? Do they not like each other? Are they friends? Are they enemies? So pretty, pretty cool stuff there. And I really enjoyed his take on Raven and his take on the BWO and his take on everything in ECW, because it wasn't the same old thing that you know you're going to hear about ECW. It had a different twist on it, a different flavor, and that's what you get with Dance and Stevie Richards, who was definitely a total wild card to himself. He was different than a lot of the guys that were in ECW at that point, so it was very, very cool. He wasn't the prototypical hardcore, bloody, you know, weapons and Singapore canes and everything else. He was definitely a great worker, great in-ring talent, underrated for sure. But it was great to hear stories of not only the BWO, but great to get into that really good detail of his history and that long history with Raven. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And another thing I think is kind of funny about the Raven-Stevie connection is Stevie calls to the attention that Raven really was a true trendsetter and a true innovator in the wrestling industry in the 90s, and I think that's kind of gotten lost on Raven over the last decade or so, which is very unfortunate because we've all regarded Raven as people growing up in that time frame or people watching the business or even on our side kind of getting to know who Raven is. I mean, we respect everything that he's ever done because he's just such a wild card, and I think Stevie makes a great point that people kind of forgot about how influential Raven was and just in how smart to uh, everything he was, whether it was psychology or the business sense uh, or putting together an angle or putting together a story. And he really was responsible for so many cool aspects of the Raven character and all the minions, if we can use that word right now, uh, to call the guys that he brought in or the flunkies, as they like to be called, uh, before they were Raven's nest or before they were Raven's flock. Raven really had a huge part to play in all that, and it was really cool to have Stevie publicly thank Raven. Really, he said for the first time ever for what Raven did for Stevie's career. But Stevie's career being what it is in professional wrestling, he always has something cool going on outside of professional wrestling, and that is what a lot of the conversation revolves around, and that is Stevie Richards' fitness and John. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what Stevie has going on with Stevie Richards Fitness as well as some of the other ventures that he's been so successful with outside of professional wrestling. Yeah, you know what's cool about Stevie? His stuff outside of the business, what he's doing away from the wrestling business is so different and it's so unique and it's so broad. You wouldn't really think of a pro wrestler being doing that, doing that kind of stuff. But look at him right now. Stevie Richards Fitness perfect venue obviously i think he's going to hit a home run with it i feel like it already has kind of gotten a good launch and it's been a little bit of a success so far and i you know we wish him many more successes with it but i truly think that stevie's just hitting another you know another home run there for that with that for sure because you remember he was with ddp for a while doing the ddp yoga stuff we get into a little bit on that we definitely talk a lot about 
you know, Stevie Richards fitness as far as, you know, maybe injuries are concerned and, and that kind of aspect of it and what it's good for, what it's not good for. How has he been able to maintain that unbelievable shape he's in and he's 45 years old and he's, you know, basically looks like he's 25. So we get into that, into some great detail and, and that is a lot of fun and I like that stuff. But, you know, just to throw in there also, besides Stevie Richards fitness, besides, you know, talking BWO or Raven or DDPO or everything, I really enjoy talking about the New Jersey independent scene. I love talking about Iron Mike Sharp. So, I mean, we had a lot of cool stuff in this interview that I think you're really, really going to enjoy. And Stevie is, like you said before, Chad, the perfect way to kick off 2017. He's got that great name. He's got great stories. He's a great professional wrestler. He's a great entertainer. He did it all. He's seen it all. He's been basically everywhere. WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, Ring of Honor. Been there, done that, he's seen it all, he's done it all, and this was one hell of an interview, and we touch every topic that I just mentioned and more. So please, enjoy this one. It's going to be a wild and fun ride, for sure. No doubt a wild and fun ride with Stevie Richards, an absolutely explosive way to kick off the calendar year of 2017, and we like to think it's in a big way, and we have so much more coming down the pike in the next couple of weeks, and we really want you to get out there and spread the word, spread the virus of the two-man power trip of wrestling if you can. Get it out there. Share it on social media. If you're reading this, if you're on Wrestling Inc., share the article on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Spread the word. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be announcing the two-man power trip of wrestling tour dates. If we can, some of the dates, we're going to be at these conventions in the Northeast, down into Virginia. We're going to be hosting some really cool activities. And we're just so pumped for anybody who's listening to this to be along for the ride. We've got some great sponsors on board. We've got some great giveaways coming. And we're just so pumped to get this year rolling. And Stevie Richards obviously was a great way to start. And we could not have it any other way. And we want to thank Stevie Richards for taking the time and kicking off 2017 with us, completing that BWO trifecta. And go back and listen to our episodes with The Blue Meanie, who's also on an episode with Bill Apter, now a great podcast host, in addition to being the godfather of wrestling journalism, as well as John's chat with Mike Bucci, a.k.a. Nova, an episode that I I literally can listen to that one over and over again. I love Mike Bucci. I love what he has to say. And even though our good buddy Jim Cornette has had some not-so-great things to say about Mike Bucci as of late, still to fill in those BWO gaps, get on over and download that episode if you can and enjoy all the members of the BWO inside of the two-man power trip of Wrestling Vault. And John, as we wrap it up here and we get on over to the interview, as the music starts to creep in, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to Big Stevie Cool, Stevie Richards. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at TuneIn. Power Trip and at Wrestling Pals. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, where you can check out the feed for past legendary episodes featuring the late great American Dream Dusty Rose, Bruno San Martino, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Magnum TA, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. 
Jerry McDivitt, Kane, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the net, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They're the number one wrestling news source out there. So please check them out. Also, while you're on the net, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. You can see our page and the page of many other stars, including Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Paul Orndorff, Megan T.A., Buff Bagwell, Kevin Thorne, and many others. Finally, for you Android users, please check us out on Player FM. And now, without any further ado, a former two-time ECW Tag Team Champion. You may know him as Dr. Stevie or the King of Swing. He is dancing. He is Stevie Richards. Please enjoy. joined by a former two-time ECW tag team champion. You know him as Dancing Stevie. You know him as the King of Swing. He is the one and only Stevie Richards. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Let's just add an an adjective or an adverb to that, eventually uh, joining you. I was very late for the interview, and I apologize for that. Uh, We can wait till the cows come home. Like I said, we're completing... The BWO trifecta, we are very happy to be doing so. Uh, we've had a lot of guests come on and talk about Stevie Richards in a very, very positive light, including your BWO tag team partners. But it's what we're going to be talking about that I'm so excited to hear from uh, what you've got to say, and that is Stevie Richards Fitness, because uh, I will tell you we just recently spoke with C.W. Anderson, and perusing your website, I saw a testimonial from CW about Stevie Richards Fitness. So, with that being said, tell us about Stevie Richards Fitness and what you've got going on with that venture. Well, you know, the, the, the great thing about uh, training people is giving them the, um, the empowerment to, to train. And a lot of people that I've done, the CW is not in this category. He's been a fitness fanatic uh, for years when we both used to do the P90X series way back in the day. Uh, But I, through my experience with DDP yoga and through the past few years of training, I really have um, been blessed to have a lot of beginners and people that have never gone to the gym and see them transform themselves into people that a few of them actually have more gym memberships than me now. So that's, that's pretty cool (laughs) stuff. And, uh, you know, that's that's what the site's going to target. Now, now, you know, we're going to have workout programs available for all fitness levels. But in January, January 1st, 2017, we're going to launch a membership program, a subscription program, where January will be like basically day one. So if you've never worked out before, I'm going to teach you all the foundations, the basics, 
and it's going to start out with that phase in January, and then in February it's going to go to the next stage in March. Uh, but the subscription doesn't mean you have to join in January. So if you join in February, month one is still up there for you to start at step one. So uh, it's going to be a very affordable subscription. It's going to be $7.99 a month. Uh, there's going to be weekly videos. There's going to be weekly overview videos of the workout program there, as well as other bonus member-only content. And um, we're trying to put other stuff together with the site, but the structure of it is uh, still coming together, and it, it looks pretty good. I mean, we can get the content out, and the people are going to be satisfied with that, but now I'm trying to add all the bells and whistles to it and make it look a little prettier. Yeah, we definitely, you know, if you follow your career, you know, you know that you're on top of fitness, uh, excuse me, well, not only fitness, but also technology. You know, you're always uh, at the forefront of some of the, you know, the, the cooler things that are coming out. And it's really, as a wrestling fan, to hear from somebody in the business about other things. Like, you, you know, you use that as like a, a really cool base to learn about other facets of life. But with DDP Yoga, we obviously saw how DDP helped transform guys that we've watched their whole lives and not only change their lifestyle, but change their outlook and just probably extend uh, so many great things to them in terms of their health and well-being. But we saw you join on board with DDP Yoga and we've watched your evolution through that and we learned how much fitness plays a role in your life. And just taking a look at your website and seeing an on-demand subscription-based fitness program is this just now another step for people to really make their lives better that now we have this kind of thing at our fingertips and we can access it at any time yeah the, the thing is thank god i can i can uh shoot and edit video or <laughs> my cost would be much much higher so i can i can merge the technology passion i have with fitness so it's a it's a perfect storm for me but what I see in the fitness industry, let's look at it, and this is something that Dallas has done and a lot of other people uh, have failed to do, and this is something I feel like I've accomplished too, is there's so much noise in the fitness industry. It's sort of like the tech industry and even the wrestling industry. There's so much noise, and everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel. And with fitness, that's why I think really catering and targeting beginners, people with injuries, people that don't have the proper foundation for fitness uh, and simplifying that for them and teaching them how to train. And that's what I think I'm more of instead of a trainer, guys, I feel like I'm a teacher. I want to teach people how to train and work out. You know, I, I, if there's a saying, a really good personal trainer uh, never has a lifetime clientele, if, if that makes sense. My job is to train people so they don't need me eventually. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's what any good trainer would think, too, is that, you know, the, the more you teach them, the more, <laughs> the more that they can do it on their own. And I know, you know, from my own personal experience, I've done a lot of stuff solo, and sometimes, you know, that's uh, the best person that you can uh, dial into is your, your own personal. But to get that extra push, you know, have you had people throughout your time in wrestling coming to you for fitness tips? Uh, you know, while you were still, uh, you know, active or like, you know, in the WWE, would people come to you and say, hey, Stevie, you know, I want to try something different with my workout? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of people like they, you know, especially in WWE, I went all the way up to 262 pounds uh, when I was with the right to censor. I mean, if you put a white shirt and tie on, you'll gain 70 pounds somehow instantly. <laughs> so <laughs> I would got up weight to 262 pounds. So I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, um, 
emotions that that were you know uh, that were very similar to the people that have weight problems because I was on TV in the biggest push of my career <laughs> and my heaviest feeling like crap and my work rate actually suffered because of it too. But the people that were within the company that saw me transform myself and come into a place where I hovered between 195 and 215 pounds, but always trying to be in the best shape of my life, yeah, they, they saw the credibility that I walked the walk and not just talked the talk. So there was guys like CW, there were some of the younger wrestlers, and then you, you actually mix in the fact of all the injuries I've had. And that's another thing that makes – what I thought was a curse all these years in wrestling. Like, why do I keep getting hurt? Why did I break my neck? Why do I keep having all these injuries? But now when I, when I train people and prepping for Stevie Richards fitness in 2017, I'm very empathetic. And I know the feeling when someone has a knee injury, a neck injury, a back injury, and, and the boys and, and girls that were in wrestling, even uh, to this day, uh, know that. So when I talk about, hey, this is the way you work around this injury, this is what you do here, uh, they know that I'm just not BSing them and not just coming out of a book, out of, actually out of life experience. Now, is that obviously the neck injury being probably, I would say, one of the hardest injuries to come back from? Is that something that you're very conscious of when you're helping somebody train? If they tell you, you know, hey, Stevie, you know, I separated my shoulder at some point, do you show them exercises that can help them get around some of those injuries that could be re-aggravated uh, rather easily? Well, the first thing I would do, and this is a tip for anybody out there that does this kind of work, is uh, make sure their doctor says it's okay to train because you can get in a lot of trouble. You don't try to, you don't try to play doctor or God or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I tend to baby uh, my clients, uh, and some of them don't like it, but I'd rather be really safe, and there's always a modification and a way around it, and that's the stuff um, I'm going to show on the website. And that's like, you know, by the way, I just want people to know that there's going to be stuff on the YouTube channel for free. There's going to be stuff for people that can't even afford the subscription that they can still use. My goal is to help everybody, and hopefully, you know, God willing, I can make a little bit of a living out of it. But that's not the main uh, mission statement of what I'm trying to do. And what was it about the DDP yoga system and the, uh, you know, the formula and everything that DDP did with his whole entire venture? I mean, we obviously, we've seen him on Shark Tank. You know, we've seen uh, the Arthur Borman video. Like, you know, I said earlier, we saw Jake Roberts. We saw Scott Hall. We've seen all these legends transform their lives. But what was it about DDP that really drew you to his program? Well, the, the program, I'll say this. In yoga in general, there's no guy ever on the planet, I don't know if you're included, that would ever voluntarily just do yoga without the necessity of it. You know, I, I needed a knee replacement seven, eight years ago, and I decided to try yoga, and that took a lot of pressure and scar tissue and pain out of my left knee, which was bone on bone. And to this day, I don't have any pain. Uh, I engage all, all sorts of workout programs, whether it be yoga, Pilates, different stretching, different types of yoga. Uh, I love lifting weights. I love doing cardio. I love all the basic ones. Um, but speaking of DDP yoga, I, want, I just want to put this – you know, everybody always talks about Dallas, and that's great because he's the face of the company, but there's so many other people behind the scenes that never get the credit that they deserve. There's so many people in the company, uh, Robert, who does the website, customer service, Sherry, Tyler, 
Garrett, who's the one of the most unsung heroes there that never gets any credit. Um, only made by uh, Chris Carey used to be the director and uh, had all the production, all those great commercials and the live videos and all the other people, uh, Nathan Mallory. There's all sorts of people behind the scenes uh, that make DDP Yoga or even any company, even my company, there's people. I couldn't be in this spot or at this place without the people that are helping me behind the scenes to get it ready. I only got to just go, go on camera and work out. So it's not all that hard. And I'm sure you guys got lots of people too, and you do things for people too that, in general, in wrestling, and since this is a wrestling interview, there's so many people that make WWE and even people crap on TNA, but there's so many people behind the scenes of those companies, and sometimes only one person, like Jeremy Borash, he pretty much creatively put that whole final deletion and everything else together. I, I mean, that's crazy that he, he was the creative force behind the entire, probably the most popular thing that we've seen in wrestling in, in years, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just yeah. mad that Raymond didn't want to be a part of the final deletion. I was begging to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> You almost got to see Raven and Stevie Richards old school with the Daisy Dukes and half shirts in Apocalypto. There was oh almost a God. chance that was going to happen. Oh man, that would have been uh, well, that would have been uh, pretty damn cool. I would have uh, I would have you know signed up to see that, especially since the oh, geez, man. I were in there as well. I would have I would have I would have outdone Shane Helms because I have at least ten more characters. The BWO. The, the 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 nest. I would have put on the white shirt and tie. I would have done all the different. Ca- I would have fell into that lake of incarnation like six times. <laughs> that was great. And then you know you throw in the uh, the Rock and Roll Express, Road Warrior, Animal, Disco Inferno. Is it was a who's who out there? Yeah. Listen, that's it's over the top. It's campy. I even when I saw what was the um. Thing him and Jeff did, Brother Nero. What was the uh, first thing they did? I'll, oh, God, I forget the name of it. No, the Final oh. Deletion was the first one. Then it was Total Nonstop Deletion. I'm sorry. Final Deletion was the first of it. First time I saw that, I was like, what in the world am I watching? But, I, you know, Matt Hardy, to his credit, who had ever thought that Matt Hardy would have been the more creative one out of the two? I mean, that would all due respect to both of them. Yeah. Crazy to uh, crazy to think that, and that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. It was final deletion, and then this week was total nonstop deletion. Yeah, was uh, and mine, I'm not. Hey, I'm not kissing their ass because I want them to be in one of my workout videos. But it, it'd be nice because if they're listening, it would be, you know, <laughs> it would be cool. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, you said like uh, like with wrestling, there's so many people behind the scenes that kind of are, are important and and you know, kind of lay the foundation and kind of are unsung heroes. And I always think about you and your start and, you know, seeing you on the New Jersey independent scene. And, and I always think back as we had on um, Mike Moraldo, AKA Starling, we had on Devin mm-hmm. Storm, we had on Reckless Youth, we had on all, uh, Mike Quackenbush, all the legendary New Jersey names. But I wanted to think about Iron Mike Sharp and that gym and kind of talk to you about that. What was that like? Because he seemed like a crazy, crazy character. Mike was Mike was very detail oriented. Mike had OCD. I'm sure you. I never heard the stories until after the fact recently that uh, 
you know, he showered so many times at Madison Square Garden that they, they locked him in the building. <laughs> he was showering all, pretty much all. He would take like six hours a day. Uh, his cardio was was incredible. Uh, he was a very nice, humble guy. And, yeah, you think about it. You think about uh, – I went to wrestling school uh, when it was Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. Then it was uh, the original ECW where I was in the first match against Jimmy Giannetti. But there was no place to learn because the school closed down. So I would drive every two weeks – uh, over to Iron Mike Sharks where he would do exhibition shows. And that's really where I started to to really learn how to work. I, I met Nova there, Mike Moraldo, Devin Storm, Crowbar. People know him as Crowbar. Um, and there were so many people. And if you watch WWF TV back then, the, the, the uh, Saturday morning TVs, and even sometimes a couple times on the early days of Raw, there was a lot of Mike Sharp guys there. Uh, Mark Mark uh, Cannon, Mark Malachio. Uh, he, you know, a lot of those Mike Sharp guys and Jersey guys were on WWF TV. So he put a he put together a good crop of future stars. Yeah, and I love that uh, you know that New Jersey indie scene. I just thought that was you know real cool, and I loved that. to think back of you know when we used to go to those indie shows and see all those guys, and then all of a sudden you see them pop up here and there on TV. Did you, you know, you look back, did you have a lot of fun and a lot of big learning experience, not only from Mike Sharp, but learning from the rest of those guys? Yeah, I know. I don't think there's going to be a time that's going to ever be replicated like that. I mean, the days of really learning. I was working three, four days a week as an indie wrestler in the Northeast. That, that's crazy. That's unheard of. Like now, there's there's not that many shows even being run that much. Uh, so it was a great time for me to learn. I don't think the... Uh, I don't think the young guys and girls have that opportunity. They're they're too they're too they're they're too groomed within the system. Like it's cookie cutter now. I'm not saying everybody's cookie cutter, but the system is the system and you don't get that experience of going all these different places, these different areas and even these different countries and learning a different style. It's it's all pretty much the same now from what I can see. Definitely, I, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. And it's, it's not—it's almost like you know, it's their way or the highway. It's kind of um, like you said. Well, it's, the, yeah, it's not the talent's fault. It's—it's it's just the system. The yep. talent. I mean, you—you you know, you got some of the greatest. I mean, there's people out there that can do. So I thank God I could talk somewhat good, and thank God I could just, you know, wear clothes in ECW that no one would ever even want to wear. <laughs> Stand out. That's what made me. You know, but there's people that can do you know, incredibly athletic stuff that I can never hope to pull off. Uh, and th- th- I don't think um, I don't think a lot of the talent is showcased the way they can be showcased and made to be as special as they could be. But you think about, like, that cookie-cutter system, and you think about the exact opposite, which is ECW. You think that you would have been able to, you know, get over, like you said, like with that different look you had and, and you know, kind of being able to be yourself with the hair, the jean shorts, the cut shirts. Do you think you've been able to kind of expand and become that great character and become so over if you were so cookie-cutter like they are today? No, no, I don't think so. And, you know, what's funny is, like, uh, I think people don't realize that they actually seen me uh, grow up within the wrestling business because I wasn't, I'm not, I, I'm different than I was when I was 19, when I was 25, when I was 30, when I was 35, 35, and even when I was 40, I'm 45 now. So people have seen me throughout the, the 20 years or so that I was on television 
legitimately grow up, legitimately mature, make mistakes, do stupid things that you can probably find on YouTube everywhere. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's actually been an amazing thing, I think, that I've not only shared my career, but my life. And then getting back to the point you said, I was able to just like, hey, talk about this match and you got three minutes. I was able to be myself and make the mistakes and find who I was. I don't think in this system where you're handed a script and a writer who has never lived in your body or in your mind or experienced what you've experienced, they can't write for you. Nobody can, I can't write what it's like to be you guys, and you can't write what it's like to be me. It's just, right. it's, I, I think they're making it way too hard than they need to, way harder than they need to. I, I totally agree. It's definitely, it's not kind of, a, you know, it's not as good as, as it could be, I don't think, because there's no originality in it, and you wouldn't get that originality. Like, like let's just say, you know, from ECW, I mean, with you and Raven teaming, that was so cool and, and so different. And then you throw in the BWO thing, and that's, like, completely different off the wall. This day and age, you wouldn't see that because it would be some scripted thing where all three guys are kind of similar. And, you know, so when the BWO was created, did you kind of – was that, like, a kind of a joke at first? Did you, did you really think, like, wow, we're onto something here? It was only supposed to be the, another imitation like all the other ones. And it, that's the thing, too. It stuck – and they ran with it. I mean, there would be a time where, okay, say say you went into WWE and you said, hey, we're going to make fun of Matt and Jeff Hardy because they're probably the most popular thing right now in TNA. They would never let you do that. They would never let you acknowledge another company. That's that's where it's different right now. TNA kind of does it, but once again, they're, they're, there's not much exposure there. Uh, but... I don't think a Raven or Stevie Richards would. I don't think a Raven would would actually because uh, he didn't he didn't get over with Vince in WWF WWE when he was there because Vince didn't get the character because Vince didn't create the character. Uh, Vince liked me, but I guess because of my hard work, my work ethic, and I never complained. But he also didn't get my character. The only character Vince ever got was the one he created, right, to censor Stephen Richards because. He hated that parent television council so much. So, okay, well, use me, use me to get back at that at that at that organization you hate. I'll I'll, I'll make some money off it too. Uh, but it's just like I said, like I answered, Raven and Stevie Richards wouldn't have gotten over to the degree they would have got over because number one, Vince wouldn't have gotten the Raven character because Vince doesn't. From what I understand, Vince doesn't watch movies. He didn't know what Scarface was. He didn't know. <clears throat> excuse me, what what certain movies were or pop culture outside of wrestling. And I, to this day, I think that's probably still true. Uh, and the Stevie Richards character, even if he was booed, Vince wanted to put the tag titles on a guy that the fans back in ECW legitimately didn't think that character deserved the belt. Do you remember, like, how much the fans hated me? And these are smart marks, but they legitimately thought that I didn't deserve to be champion. So I made them actually suspend their disbelief a little bit, which is really hard with the ECW fans. But then it organically turned me babyface because it naturally happened. I, it was very unexpected. Now today when they boo John Cena and Roman Reigns, they kind of don't go with it. They kind of go way too much against the grain 
and don't roll with what what could be a very interesting uh you know change to a character i guess i, I guess totally agree. i guess i'm i guess i'm not going to be invited to the performance center again anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> hey that's okay you can go to the uh, the performance center over there in atlanta and hang out with uh you know, DDP. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed back there either. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> you know what's funny when um, you know, speaking of, of like PWO and stuff and, and like funny characters, I uh, was talking when we were talking to Nova. He kind of made the joke of like, like, how did you decide who was, you know, who was Nash, and and who was Hall, and who was Hogan? So. Were you the one that was kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm Nash, like this, like this is the character I want to, I want to play? Well, remember, I did a, I did a side slam and a power bomb, so I think that made me Nash. So it was wasn't all that complex. And uh, <laughs> Nova could do, Nova could do a Hogan invitation, but before even that, Mini came up with the blue guy, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. So we kind of, by process of elimination, uh, we did it that way. Nash loved the fact that he was the leader of some group, at least. I got to tell you a funny story about that. I never met Kevin Nash. And uh, my first night on Nitro or my second week, some right in early on, um, I never met him and I was really, really nervous. And, you know, he put word out as a joke, obviously, now that I know, but like, you know, he wanted to have a few words with me. And I was like, oh, man, you know, because back then it was a little different. You know what I mean? There still was that people people uh, took their spot or took their characters seriously. There was still some legitimacy within those characters. Plus, they were making a lot of money, and we were kind of siphoning a little bit of that <laughs> so I can understand. But he came up, and his back, I, my back was to him, and he came up right behind me. And I could feel, I could see the shadow coming in front of me. He was so big. And he goes, Big Stevie Cool, so we meet at last. And I went, Oh the fuck. Okay. <laughs> Turn around and he was just like he's kinda of messing with me. So what's up with this uh do you think you do like I I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not quoting him. He said something like to the effect of like, So do you think you, you do a good impression of me? And I'm like, What do what do you say? You know? I'm like, I don't know, you I said, Do you think I do? And he was just kind of staring me down. And then before he left for the night, he pulled me over and he goes, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. And he goes, we, we think it's great. And it's funny. And I go, oh, thank God. Cause I'm, you know, what do you do except hopefully be faster than Kevin Nash and get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if those, because I know you obviously, you know, you made a fist stop in WCW. I was going to say, I wonder if those guys appreciated the BWO at all. I guess they thought it was funny. Yeah, 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 they they totally, you know, I wish there was a time where uh, we would have at least had one, you know, six-man tag. We had talked about it here and there, but that's a pretty expensive proposition, especially on their side, to have Hall, Nash, and, I mean, you can't even think about Hogan, talking about, like, like probably Sean Waltman or somebody, you know, but it would have been cool. It would have been cool to get in the ring with all those three guys, or at least we didn't even talk about it at the convention doing, like, a huge BWO NWO photo op at one of the big conventions. That would also be pretty expensive, but I think it'd be a super cool shot for a fan that, that understood both groups. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'd be, uh, be pretty amazing. And and I think it's kind of funny just even, you know, aside from that is that a lot of the fans today 
still clamor for the BWO and you still see the shirts and you guys still sell a pretty good amount of merch, right? Yeah, it's pretty decent. I mean, we're still, we're, we're over 20 years now and we're going to be at uh, WrestleMania weekend. So we weren't at last year's WrestleMania weekend, but this, this year in Orlando, we're going to be there on March 30th. So it's going to be cool. I think uh, we're definitely doing autograph signing. Um, I think I'm at least wrestling, if not all three of us will be wrestling. I think all three of us will. And once again, you'll see, you'll see Stevie Richards take the heat in the finish probably. <laughs> that's, that's, that's been the pattern for the past three or four years. I can take it. I'm still in, I'm still in somewhat decent shape to take a beating. Obviously, yeah, you're probably in one of the you know best shapes uh, as far as uh, you know a lot of the wrestlers are concerned. Not only is the BWO stuff, but do you think it's crazy that 20 years has flown by and BWO is still over? Yeah, yeah, I and mean, I'm sure Nova said that he would never have, have dreamed that people would remember BWO every bit as much as NWO. And I'm not saying that as a as a slight. I'm just saying that's that's very that's when everybody you know that. People don't recognize me for the right sense because my hair is long again, so it kind of looked different. Plus, I'm 60 pounds lighter, so and I don't, you know, have a have dress clothes on at the gym. It's all that you can't really tell I'm the right sensor guy. But people remember the BWO, if not from ECW, from the short time that we had that WWE run. So, you know, people still remember it. Yes, yes, very, very true. And uh, you know, as we start to wind it down a bit here talking about BWO, we're talking about the awesome New Jersey days back in the Iron Mike Sharp days, but, you know, do you have a favorite match or maybe a couple of favorite matches? I know you, brief run in WCW, obviously huge, hugely important run in ECW, and then, of course, TNA, and even most recently in Ring of Honor against Jay Lethal and a couple other guys, but do you have a favorite match or maybe a couple of favorite matches in your legendary career? Uh, I would say probably my favorite match would be the one that uh, Dreamer and I had, the Singapore Kane match on Raw, because that got us really, really noticed with uh, The Office, and they put us in a prominent spot on Raw. So that was the one where uh, at the end, I well, Dreamer jumped off, and I Stevie kicked him in midair, and then he put 12 staples in my head on, on the last Kane shot. So you can watch it. It's on YouTube. So it, it was um, – that was when we were doing the hardcore the hardcore title run right after that, back and forth. Of course, a uh, 21-time hardcore champion. 22. Oh, 22. Raven worked on Raven followed the office people around or whoever did the stats or the encyclopedia, whatever it was, and got them to reverse it. He was 21. I was 22. I mean, that's like – I know you guys. That's where it's at in the encyclopedia. But but Raven worked, Raven worked way harder than he should have, just because he created in his mind he created some phantom title change because we were doing it on the house shows. That's how I ended up with it 22 times. But he was calling some I don't know. There was something where where, where he called the pinfall that didn't happen and it was 22 times, which I said now we're tied. Then he said some crazy thing like, well technically. You you know you pinned him in South Carolina and that's not you know that's not like part of the I don't know part of the territory or whatever <laughs> jurisdiction for the hardcore title and, you know you say after we're raving after a while you just like you you can have your one extra title reign out you know whatever <laughs> I have nothing more to say just it was a good month I think it was a good month he worked on these office people to change the record. 
And have you ever been? Have you ever been around Raven? Oh yes, we actually we were at a show with him. We did um, a few months ago. Funny, funny guy. He's super smart. But you're not shocked at his persistence, though. You can believe and picture the the events that I'm talking about taking place. Oh, Aware absolutely. Now. Absolutely, okay. yeah. <laughs> I remember him asking me, how much do you think I should sell this for? How much do you think? And I, I go, like, I don't know. I don't know. He goes, how much do you think? He just kept asking me. I was like, I don't know, 25 bucks. I don't know. He uh now, speaking of, yeah, speaking of money, he'll probably charge, he'll probably say that I owe him money for saying this, uh, but I would not be where I am today without Raven. In all seriousness, I mean, in all seriousness, he did all the things I said just now, but in all seriousness, I wouldn't be anywhere I am psychologically, my mental makeup in the business, how I put a match together, how I can have the psychology, which ultimately protecting me and you know raven did have a hand in 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 grooming me in the way to be more of an entertainer which also protected my body so at 45 years old being in the shape i am i mean he gave me the tools to have that longevity so um you know there might be people on the indies or people that don't realize uh just what a power player that raven was i mean looking at that guy that was on the cover of WCW Revenge with Hogan and the NWO, and then there's Raven on the cover of the video game. Hmm. To me, that's like his his character was every bit as over in pop culture as the NWO, politics aside and everything that kept them down in, in certain places. But, but, but Scotty is a character, once again, that, that went from a complete joke as Johnny Polo to being one of the most over characters, not only in ECW history, but in my opinion, wrestling history. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm just going to give him so much ammunition. <laughs> I've never told him this, by the way. You're the first ones to hear it. So that's like an exclusive thing. Awesome. Yes. I love those. So there. So when Raven gets, comes on to bury me and say, I never said anything nice or done, you can play this for him. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, would you consider him kind of your favorite opponent as well? You know, you say you learned so much from him, but would he be like a favorite opponent? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. No, very, very, very hard to talk over matches with him, very hard to put matches together. I would not say that. Chemistry in the ring, we never really had it uh, as far as opponents. And tagging up, yeah, I mean, it was it, that was – you know, crazy chemistry, but but opponents, that's why you never seen too many matches between me and him. It never gelled. It's kind of like, I, this is just, this is just an analogy because I've, I've had people ask me like, why have we never seen more of Raven versus Stevie Richards? Why have we never seen more of that? And these are your ECW hardcore diehard fans, excuse me. But the one match I wanted to see throughout all my life was what? We're, we're probably whole about the same age, Hogan and Flair, right? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. But I remember, I remember stories about you know, and just, I'm not comparing that that our what we would have had to them, but this was the match that people for 20 years were paying, would would have died to see out of WrestleMania, but they had no chemistry. They only had their their way of working. Their style match, from what I understand from people like Cornette and Bret Hart, what I've heard stories, and they they just had their styles, and that was it. 
and it never matched. But that was the match. My God, I mean, imagine if we finally got to see that match at a WrestleMania before they both wrestled way too long. But, you know, imagine we got to see that at WrestleMania 8 instead of Flair and Savage and Hogan and Sid Vicious. It would have been pretty cool. Would have been awesome. And it was kind of what you thought they were building to as well at that point. Yeah, you, you guys. That, that, I was just about to say you guys are probably like in your early twenties or something and don't understand. Oh anything no, no way. Mid, no, no mid thirties, man. That's our yeah, wheelhouse. So. <laughs> the network makes everybody makes age uh, a non-factor, I guess. Because yeah. you can watch it on the network. Well, yeah. That, well, that's what I hear, true, from, yeah. from what I hear, from what I hear, it's nine ninety-nine a month. Is that true? I've heard that a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> Yep, that is true. You know, and it's funny you mentioned mine's two so, bucks cheaper. Think about that. That's a hell of a deal. Oh yeah, seven ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were well, right when you said you know about not having the chemistry and stuff. But who is somebody you know? Would you say was your best chemistry with? Because it's funny you've been in there with some of the biggest names in the history of the business. Um, I think it's a tie between uh, Dreamer and Val Venus. Me and Val Venus have had some especially Val. Val had that very strong style, Japanese style wrestling. And I was very proud that I could hang with him in the ring. You know, Val's, you know, and people that don't know about wrestling is there's guys in there that are so physical, the Bradshaws, the Ron Simmons, um, even the top guys, Austin and rock and, and triple H did, you know what I mean? They're it's, it's rough. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not out there, shooting on you but it's very physical at that level and a guy like Val uh, brought the best out of me you can see a lot of those matches on YouTube from uh, Sunday Night Heat and I'm that's probably some of my proudest work so him and Dreamer are probably our chemistry uh, when we got in the ring were the best when we had Val on he also mentioned you in that same vein nearly uh, identically so uh, there you go it's, uh, <laughs> Good to hear oh, we you would guys beat, the hell, we beat the hell out of each other. My God, man. It would be. Well, I, I think a lot of that Sunday now. Night Heat stuff, I, well, I think a lot of that has gotten lost over time is that Sunday Night Heat roster at the time. There was a lot of great matches going on, and including even Raven being on there a lot. I mean, that is some stuff that with this network, uh, we can really hope to see that and kind of educate that younger fan base to some of the other workings that a lot of guys had the ability to do on a Sunday night heat. Well, I pitched, I pitched at a company that they should have Sunday night heat uh, on the network. And I remember there was a, there's for about a six or seven month span, there was Stevie night heat. That's true. So, yes, indeed. Yeah. So that, uh, the interesting story with that, that the company didn't even know I would, we were doing that angle for seven months. And then when they found out, they stopped it. What's your uh, What's your Stevie Night Heat highlight? Uh, Stevie Night Heat highlight was, um, oh man, probably another guy I had great chemistry with Goldust. Me and him had some great matches, especially on that show. Uh, but but Goldust was my most insubordinate employee, and I remember he he had to take off for two weeks. So me, Al Snow, and John and Coach came up with a promo where I suspended him for two weeks with pay, of course, uh, because I'm, you know, I'm a good GM and I suspended him with pay. Uh, and he was gone for two weeks, came back. We tried to make it all make sense. And then the favorite thing would be that, um, remember Kenny from the spirit squad? 
Absolutely, yeah. Kenny Doan. Okay. So Ken Doan was Kenny Phoenix, and uh, he was he was coming in to do local work for Heat, and we did an angle where Goldust came out, or like, we did a pre-tape where I flew a guy in, I brought him in, I basically brought somebody in so I can get a win, and they said, um, you don't have a match tonight. Some guy came in a PA, and I was like, oh, my God, and then Goldust was the one that took my match. So he came out, uh, did his entrance, and as he did the entrance, which they very rarely did on Heat was I ran out to the commentator's booth because they used to tape the commentary after the fact, and we did an on-camera where I was yelling about that he took my opponent, took my match, I flew this guy in, hell of a competitor, whatever his name is, and <laughs> Goldust ended up winning the match. I ran in, beat up Goldust, gave him the Shattered Dreams, and left him laying. So it was a, it was wow, a good angle. Go. It was cool. I that's a damn good it. one. Yeah, but like I said, that's, that's what's great about Sunday Night Heat. There were so many great things that I think a lot of people missed if you weren't watching it at that point, and it was on MTV, and it was on Spike, and it was uh, it was a great show for, for a, a good stretch there. Of course, we can't forget Stevie Night Heat, but to kind of come full circle and what we were talking about at the beginning, the way we usually end the interviews is we talk about, you know, the legacy on the business or where do you see yourself in five years, but I think the first thing that we can really discuss is what we talked about at the start, and that's Stevie Richards Fitness. So what is the ultimate goal for Stevie Richards Fitness, and where do you see yourself in five years? Still wrestling, Stevie Richards Fitness, where, do, uh, where does Stevie Richards see himself going? I, I, see myself, I see myself involved with that. I can't honestly, you know, being in wrestling for so many years, you, you never try to think five years ahead because you're kind of almost living week to week as far as, um, you know, what's, what's in store for you. So I think, there's a, I think there's a certain accountability to that. So I just try to take it day by day. I hope in five years my number one goal is that, is that there's a lot more healthy, fit, and empowered people than there are today, that I might have had something to do with that. Wrestling, well, I got a lot of cats to feed, so I assume I'll still be wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're in the shape that you're in now, my God, we'd love to see it. I'll be 50 years old in five years. Can you believe that? That's crazy. No. Not at all. No, we can, uh, John and I, we've had so many guys from ECW on, and obviously, you know, like I said, we're in our mid-30s, so ECW, mid-90s, 96, 97, that was, uh, that was our wheelhouse. And this is where i got to throw this in at the end. You know, we talked to Meany. He told us a benchmark moment for the BWO. We talked to Nova. He gave us a benchmark moment. So we got Stevie Knight Heat's highlight. But what is the all-time benchmark moment for your point of view with the BWO? Oh, wow. Can I give two instances? Uh, you give as many as you want. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that, that would be in the running. The first one was you asked me earlier if, if I knew we had something. And when we came out, and I had a bunch of my buddies, and they, I mean, he had his buddies, and they had the signs with BWO on it. We knew we had something there. Uh, and then probably – you know, being handed the opportunity to be in, in, in the main event of the first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, and having the culmination of the BWO uh, go to a, main, a real, you know, uh, main, event, main event exposure spot uh, was probably, you know, and, and there was some talk that I was going to end up winning the title that night. And um, 
you know, the BWO could have went further, but, you know, because of some decisions I made in growing pains, it, it should have, it should have been more, but thank God 20, 21 years later, uh, it's still as strong as ever. Did I match their, their guess? Well, you know, well, Nova definitely, he gave the, you know, the coming in with the signs, uh, you know, the first night. So that was uh, on par with Nova. Uh, Meany gave us a kind of like one of the cooler moments. I'm going to say it's a benchmark moment because it was one that was highlighted. And we have our Christmas episode coming out, which would, this will be airing after that. But Christmas in Times Square. Why don't you give us your memories of Christmas in Times Square, if you can. Ten degrees. So cold that I had to pull my socks up to have some part of my body just covered. <laughs> it was 10 <laughs> degrees. Um, I remember we were walking around. We were in front of the, the ice thing doing our deal, and people were looking at us like we're – imagine today. We would just – there's no way we would get close to those places in a post-9-11 world. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the karaoke guy really got mad. I'm sure Meanie told you about that. He was mad. Uh, that we knocked over the box. Remember, I grabbed the microphone, BWO, BWO, yep. knocked oh, it yeah. over, and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was all mad. <laughs> uh, then the Santa Claus, I didn't expect him to take a, such a good bump. Uh, he was a Mexican Santa Claus. Did Meany point that out? That was the funniest yes, part of it all. Yeah, uh, he did. We gave, him 20, we gave him 20 bucks. He He got kicked. And he ate the kick, which I didn't want him to do. I even said, please don't. Because I used to wear, like, military boots with the wrestling soles. I, I just went to, like, an old Army-Navy store, bought $10 boots and put the soles on them. And, you know, they're pretty heavy boots. And he uh, he took it like a champ, and he took a bump. And he was fine. He got up, hugged us. He was excited. I wonder I wonder if that guy still, like, shows people out or if he's still around. That's I'm curious about that. Or if he's still in Mexico, well, the, Santa Claus in New York City. I was just going to say, that would be the uh, the main thing, is uh, if somebody could find a Mexican Santa Claus in Times Square, uh, kind of maybe he's nursing a, a jaw injury after all these years, but uh, Meany equated it to him taking the Nesty plunge because of the way he uh, he hit the ground with those arms and legs uh, straight out, which is uh, it's such a sight if you go back and find it. Listen, there's I'm telling you right now, that 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 concrete was hard to walk on. It was so cold, and that guy just took a bump. I'm a wrestler, and I wouldn't have taken a bump on that concrete. Now that's uh, it's such a great moment. Now we appreciate you uh, sharing that, and Stevie. As we wrap up here, the big thing we do at the end is please share with the fans and the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Just where they can find anything and everything for Stevie Richards, as well as all the information about Stevie Richards Fitness. Well, Stevie Richards Fitness is uh, located at stevierichardsfitness.com. Uh, right now, we have the 12-week resistance band program. If you want to buy something that's a la carte, uh, has exercise tutorial links uh, for every exercise in there within the PDF. It's an interactive PDF. It's really cool, uh, and also the membership. Uh, we'll start January 1st, 2017. If you're a beginner, if you're somebody that has any kind of issues or, or injuries, uh, you can always reach out to me because I really want to hear from people. I want to help people before they uh, take a step that they might not be sure of. Uh, also, I have private coaching, online personal training, 
uh, on there. You can look at stevierichardsfitness.com at that. And I still have my tech channel because I have to edit these videos and keep sharp with that. Uh, so you can go to my, my tech channel is uh, actually on YouTube as well. So you can search Stevie Richards Tech and look at that. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's uh, it's awesome what you're doing. I think it's really uh, it's very cool. You're a veritable jack of all trades, and I love when we get to talk to somebody about so many different things just outside of wrestling. Wrestling's obviously a one, but still to hear all the other things that you got going on is so awesome. And we really appreciate you taking the time tonight, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I apologize again about being late, guys. Thank you for being patient. Hey, I want to I want to give everybody a tip out there real quick. If you follow me on social media, uh, at Stevie Richards on Instagram and at BWO Stevie on Twitter, um, you might want to shut off your notifications before you go to bed because I usually post a gym picture or some kind of fitness stuff anywhere between three to four thirty in the morning. So, you know, I just I don't want people angry with me. So that's just a little tip to leave everybody with. You can sleep in. It's okay. Shut off your notifications. <laughs> that's the way to end it right there well stevie thank you so much and turn off those notifications people but get on there and follow stevie if you can and it's been uh, again a lot of fun and uh all the best and we hope uh we hope to talk to you again in the future anytime you guys want to back thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling what the world is downloading